Welcome to Why Sew, the podcast where some of your favorite sewing personalities and rising stars share what motivates them to create using needle and thread. I'm your host, Jason Prater, and with me today is Anna Huh, costume designer and a cosplay artist. So welcome to the podcast, Anna. I'm so happy to have you on here. You are the first cosplayer that uh, we've had on and uh, I'm, I'm anxious to introduce you to our audience so hey welcome to the podcast uh thank you jason i'm so glad to be here yeah well I, i'm certain that some of our listeners probably know who you are have seen some of your work but maybe you could just start out by telling us a little bit about yourself who you are where you're at and all of that kind of stuff Yeah. So Jason, I'm Chinese American and my pronouns are she and her. And so I studied fashion pretty early on. My professional background is in fashion design, but I had a break in my career that I went away from fashion. And in those times, I really miss playing with fabric, making garments and making making beautiful things, high quality things. So I started to investigate how to make a theater costume for a friend of mine who's a performing artist. So when I started doing that, the whole world of costuming just exploded across my horizon. There's so many beautiful costumes from movies, from anime, Japanese cartoons, from video games. You know, I had a lot of free time, so I spent a lot of time playing video games. And going to conventions really opened my horizon on what can be created. And is it just everyday garment that are something people sew, or is it something more fantastical, like armors and props? So about gosh, about 10 years ago now, I started to looking into making all of those and wearing them to convention. And um, being in Seattle, you know, it's like the, the, the geeky culture is so deep and so multifaceted here. Yeah. That hold on, hold on. It, you it, said the it, geeky culture? Is that what I heard you say? The geeky yes, culture? Is, the that geeky a, is that a term? Is that a known thing? I, I've never heard it, that, it, that I language. mean, it could be. Now it could be. <laughs> I'm just, sure it's been said before. You've just coined it. Okay. <laughs> so all of that, it's, it's, it is, it's a beautiful, it's a very supported, supportive culture, beautiful community, and people are so selfless when it comes to sharing content, sharing techniques. So, you know, I have a lot to contribute when it comes to, you know, when you think about fashion, when you think about couture and handmade things. And, but my background really isn't into costuming and making like foundation corsets. Or now I'm totally into historical costuming because for the past two years, you know, the pandemic really didn't put convention on the calendar so much. There's no large gathering. So I had a lot of time to investigate very intricate techniques like embroidery and lots of detail with no due date. So I'm just pouring all the attention span and embroideries that I can into the costumes I create. So it's a great thing. That's fantastic. So, I mean, obviously you have a background in fashion design and and you're doing a lot with cosplay and costuming, which is all very fascinating stuff to me. But I just wonder, how do you refer to yourself in terms of sewing? Like, would you just say I'm a sewist, a sewer, seamstress, tailor, quilter, crafter, omnicrafter? I mean, do you do all of those other things or, or how, when you introduce yourself to someone, how do you... In terms of your hobby or your business, what do you say about yourself? 
I would I would definitely you know costuming artists or is definitely in the crafting world. I think that is definitely an all encompassing skill set title um, because it does it does require you know a lot of different aspects from making a hardware. You know sometimes I make jewelry, I make necklace to go with the look. You know, okay. I make crowns. You know, I I am all I am. I'm an artist that makes things. So a crafter would be one, um, but a costuming artist is. I think that is like a good term for me. Fantastic. Yeah. So, in terms of the sewing piece of it, what what is your first memory of sewing? When did you get started sewing, and how how did you get started? It's hard to say. I feel like when the first time I got on a sewing machine, my mom had a really old Singer treadle, treadle machine, treadle machine. Yeah, treadle, yeah. Treadle, yeah. Back when we were in China and she would refashion jeans into like bags. Okay. So I remember like cutting out, cutting up a pair of jeans and, and having the pocket made into a bag. So that, I think that is my first memory. Of course, at that time, uh, sewing through denim with a treasure machine is tricky. (laughs) (laughs) How old would you have been when, when that occurred? Oh, preteen, preteen, long time ago. (laughs) Long time ago. You're not that old. Come on. (laughs) So how long then uh, you... So you, you, did your whole family come to the United States or only you? How, how long did, has that been? Yeah, our family migrated to the state in the early 90s. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And we settled in New York. And, you know, New York in the 90s, they are, you know, they're, they're like fashion center of the world. They have, there's a garment district where garment gets produced in production level. You know, not only in New York City, not only in the in the in Manhattan, but also in Queens and Brooklyn. So, fashion is definitely growing at that time, and that really sparked my interest. You know, walking down Seventh Ave, and then being Chi- uh, Chinese American, I also have you know visibility into like Chinatown, where a lot of sewing shops mm. are at. So that definitely helped me. They engage in the fashion world. And I went to high school of fashion industries. And then after that, I went to Fashion Institute of Technology, FIT. And yeah, that really started me on the fashion world. So I've been, I, I know, I have known I'm into fashion, creating things with fabric at a very young age. <laughs> Was that something that you kind of always saw yourself as already? You kind of knew this is where I'm going in life. Absolutely. And did you have a teacher or mentor, someone who actually taught you how to sew? Uh, was that at home or, or was that later on when you went to college and, and at the Fashion Institute? Or was it primarily after that when you're actually working in the industry and, and learning? Yeah, I, I, uh, I learned to sew definitely. I, you know, I kind of know how to thread a machine. Like I was telling you, um, use a trailer machine and then a very simple singer um, soon after that. But it wasn't until I got to high school and college that I really learned how to sew from you know, all the awesome teachers that are so also very selfless in teaching their technique. Strangely enough, once I started working in the fashion industry, I really never sell, you know, because I'm into design. So it's all about like the concepting and communicating my idea to the sample makers. 
but through school and now through my previous jobs and experience, I really learned the term what quality looks like Mm -hmm. and know how that is executed because I am also hands-on in my own time. So because of that, I would never ask something that's impossible to make. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And knowing how fabric drapes and appliques and treatments and, and embellishments affect the drape of fabric, it's like it, it helps me to communicate with my sample makers, with my factories oversee how to make something and achieve the look that I want. Very cool. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously you like costuming, but would you say, what would, is there a specific type of thing that you love to sew? Hey, what is your favorite thing to create? Yeah. So, you know, it changes from time to time. Depends on what I'm in love with. There was a time, well, it still still is one of my top lists. It's like very elaborate costuming that has like different styling details. I love binding. I think binding is one of the most beautiful techniques you can ever have. Finishing an edge, a garment. Um. It's so clean, it's so neat, and it adds a it adds a contrasting opportunity for details to be put on. But garment types, I think dresses. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful dresses and different fabric. You know, my latest dress is inspiration from a house of work lily gown, and it's made of black velvet. <laughs> it nice. is not. It's now on my bad list. I never uh. want to work with velvet again. <laughs> uh, but. You know, different fabrics definitely have different qualities and they provide a luxurious, you know, different kinds of feel. And sometimes only that kind of fabric can give you that effect, that visual. So I don't know, maybe next time you'll tell me to stop. <laughs> That's why I love what a velvet fabric or a velvet design. Not super simple to work with. <laughs> very slippery, very tricky to, to cut, to prep, to sew. Ooh. Love it. You mentioned something a while ago that I kind of wanted to dive into with you. You you said something about being Chinese American and having uh, sort of access to the sewing shops, if you will, within Chinatown. What was that like? What was your impression of that? Is that something that you kind of got? I mean, you said you had visibility too, but did you actually visit those places and, and hang out in those places and learn things from those places? What was your feeling about that piece of culture and, and, and what goes on there? Yeah, I, I feel like in the past five years or so, that industry really died down in New York and it is very unfortunate. But when I was growing up, it was booming business with a lot of immigrants working in, in factories in Chinatown and in Queens and pockets of uh, Brooklyn as well. So for me, it really taught me the value of hard work because a lot of the, the sewers, they might not be the immigrants. So their background before they migrated to the U.S. are not probably not sewing. Right. right. It's very small amount. When you think of like the whole population of an other country, there's very small amount that are seamstresses and sewers right. and half scale. Maybe they're crafty, but they're not production level uh, sewers. So right. they have to come here and learn all of that. And and it's not just like women. They're also male yeah. um, that does different things because 
when you think about a fashion industry, there's so many aspects. There are cutters, there are pressers, there are packaging packaging people and end sewers, and then there's trimmers that trim the thread ends and things like that. So it, it really taught me the value of hard work and the flexibility of being agile in your goal and to be able to learn different skills to provide for your family. Yeah. That is, it's humbling. It's humbling because a lot of the, a lot of these talent who are able from a different country who are able to migrate to another country, to the U.S., back in those days, it's like you really need to a good upstanding citizen in your own country to be able to migrate. Mm-hmm. So, and then to come here and then do peace work, it's like, wow, you know, the dream you must have to, to make it work and, and determination and the flexibility and the humility that you have to have, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that observation for sure. And uh, it is, I, I, don't, I don't know where that industry has gone primarily, and, uh, but it, it seems sort of sad that probably a lot of folks that were doing that uh, are now either out of work or doing something else. And that's, that's, that's too bad, but your observation on it is, is pretty cool. What it has meant to you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> you know, this question I always ask, you know, obviously sewing is your business, but is that your primary source of income or do you do other things or are you strictly fashion designer, costume designer? I mean, what, what, or are you something else? You know, I've talked to a lot of people in this industry that do other things. Maybe they're a real estate agent or a this or a that. Uh, what, what, what about you? So my professional background is fashion design. So I'm a fashion designer for a corporation. Okay. Very cool. And so you're not, I mean, you actually work for a specific company and then you also do freelance stuff on your own. Yeah. Yeah. So I, my, my freelancing, like my hobby, right? Costuming artist is really my hobby, my passion project that I do on my own time. My career, my, my day job is a fashion designer at a company or label. So I spend time to nurture my passion, hone my skills. So while in my day job, I do a lot of designing, you know, trend research and, and, and um, communicating with uh, my cross-functional teams for my um, own project. It's, you know, really, I set my own schedule. I work on things that I feel passionate about that keeps me creative. And, and I think my day job and my passion project balances each other. At my day job, there's a lot of limitations of what I can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have my, to work in like a bigger company, I have my specific job role, but in my own, I can be, you know, I can be the person sourcing the project. I can be the one procuring that material and you know, I can spend as much money as I want, or as little money as I want. I can use fabrics that are, you know, made for this kind of function, or I can be creative and just totally buy like oil cloth. So that creativity really fuels me as a person. That's cool. Yeah. Now, beyond that type of sewing for yourself, do you also sew as a means for gift giving? And, and, and if so, do you have in your mind, like, does any time you've ever given a handmade gift sort of stick out in your mind as a special, a really special one that you'd like to share? Yeah. So I, you know, like I was saying, it's like I make embroidery, little uh, embroidery projects for my mom a lot. 
my friends will also come to me because I sell, like I can help them sew like something for their parents. Or a lot of times it just comes down to, I have a sewing machine and I know how to put the garment together. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been wonderful. Now, when you say embroidery, are we talking hand embroidery or machine embroidery? So both. For simple embroideries, I use, I do hand embroidery for simple embroideries. But like for the giant project, the lily gown that I have made, there are like 150 appliques that are embroidered. Wow. So I used a, a lot of, I have a single needle embroidery machine with a giant frame, giant hoop. So nice. I did a lot of it in that. Well, I did all of it on that. And that was like, you know, six months. Wow. Yeah, it was intense and it was a metallic thread. So I learned a lot about that. And, you know, that's that's the thing going back to what you were asking. It's like personal projects that I can venture out and investigate and learn different techniques and try and fail and then succeed. It really opens my horizon, different techniques that are necessary. You know, like a metallic thread embroidery is like, it's just not going to work. And, you know, you use it wrong, it'll break the sensor on your machine. Then you're like down for three weeks. But what are you <laughs> going to do? You have to work around it and learn how it works. Lower the speed, you know, change, make sure it's floss through the tension disc so it's not just floating. Right. Just things like that. It's a humbling. It stops your project. I love that. Sounds like you love to learn. Uh, inquisitive learner. Those are my kind of people. <laughs> what, are, what are some of your favorite things that you just can't live without when you're creating and sewing? Besides the obvious sewing machine and, and things like that, but what, what are some things that you just can't live without and you got to have when you're working on a project? Oh, a good audio book. Okay. You, know? you, just, you just let it play, a good audio book, something that is you know, that's something that plays in the background. I love Jane Austen. I just like put on 12 hours of Pride and Prejudice and just go to town. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> You're the first person who's done that, who's said that. But, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Too funny. So, yeah, most people give me some kind of tool or this or that. And, and uh, well, obviously, I need tools when I'm sewing. Seam Ripper is my best friend. But, you know, having something play in the background, you know, something that's not like, you know, something that's engaging enough that it takes the, the mundane stitching their moving fabric under the pressure foot, like take that boring edge off. So it's like, yeah. It's Very good cool. On now, clearly you, you've been in this business for a while. Is there... Is there somebody, a sewist or a maker or somebody in your sewing world life that you admire, someone who has helped you along the way, someone in particular that has meant something to you in your sewing journey? So a friend that I know personally, her name is Katrina Walker. She has been amazing. I've known her for, oh my, I've known her longer than I know my husband. Like at least almost 20 years. Wow. We met while we were working adjacent to each other and not side by side. And she left to become this home sewist rock star. And she also has been so strong, so talented, also very multifaceted in her skills. And she's so enterprising that I, I, I love that about her. I think 
you know, she definitely influenced me in so many aspects, myself personally, as well as professionally. I still talk to her, asking for opinion. She is like, she's a rock star. She's like a highly sought after instructor, but she's still so available to help. And I follow her when she released her book. I followed her, you know, it's like, it's amazing. How life runs parallel to each other is great. I love that. I, I hear so, so much of that. That's such a giving industry with so many good people willing to share their time and talents. Sounds like you found a really good one. I know Katrina, and she's, she's awesome. <laughs> so what are you sewing right now? I got her on this podcast. Yes. She's on our list, I think. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Absolutely. So what, what are you working on right now? What, what are you sewing now? Yeah. So right now I am investigating very beginning research stage of another historic back, uh, historic garment is the clover gown from Charles James. And I know you can't see it on the screen, but I want to show you. Like, oh, wow. Like so it's this it's, it's one of his most iconic gowns. That's amazing. It's called the clover gown. So I am really looking in a lot of research on how to make this gown, to make it shape like the way it is. Lots of foundation garments. Charles James is very into, very much into foundation garments, uh, giving the shape and volume, very intricate construction, never symmetrical. Right. So that's just great. I love it. That's pretty. That looks like a, a pretty big task. Now, how long will something like that take you to oh, finalize? It's gonna take months. It is gonna take months. The lily gown is very labor intensive in in the way how it's made. Once I have the pattern down, and the pattern is pretty simplistic. Simplistic, excuse me. But for this gown, for the clover gown, it's definitely more about pattern making. Okay. So I expect the sewing to be pretty straightforward once I have the pattern down. It's going to take a lot of fitting mock-ups. I can just tell. Very cool. So when you're, tell me, when you're not sewing, what else does Anna like to do? What would we see you posting about on social media? You know, what other things do you enjoy doing? Well, we, in, you know, in Seattle, we love gardening. So that is, you know, spring is it's already here, so definitely busy doing that. I, I love growing a vegetable garden in my backyard and uh, harvesting vegetables and fruits and playing with my corgi. My husband and I also enjoy hiking a lot. So on the weekends when it's not raining, we definitely go out and hike. <laughs> Fantastic. So a lot of outdoor activities there in the Northwest. Definitely. Lots of lots of gear. I'm also like, we love going backpacking and camping. So always every year we look for like sales on like camping gear. It's always like how to make the indoor more comfortable. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Still being let's, outside. let's go outside and try to make it like the inside. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I always ask this question sort of toward the end of the podcast, really. I, I've, I always say, you know, as an industry, we really aren't selling threads and needles and, you know, stabilizers and fabric and sewing machines. But what we're really selling is this feeling of accomplishment and satisfaction that comes from creating. And I just wonder, do you feel that same way? And and if so, how, how that has really manifested itself in your own sewing life and journey? 
Um, in terms of product that I have used? Yeah, just in general. Is it you're feeling that the person who is buying these products or, or that what we're providing to them is, you know, this, this group of stuff? Or is it more that what they get out of it, the creative satisfaction, is that really what this is all about? Yeah, I think that it definitely is about the end product and the gold and the communication, you know, the design we want to communicate and to share. For me, I feel like creating something that is beautiful, creating something that's inspirational, creating something that is glamorous, garners a lot of appreciation and attention from the general public, from my audience, my, you know, my followers, my friends. And that that part of the appreciation and the love received and the questions that get asked about, oh, how did you make that? You know, what can you learn? What did you learn? What can you share? It's that follow-up that really makes me want to create more, to mm. want to share more of myself. So I, I think that is the reward that I get from making something beautiful. It also, you know, empowers me, gives me an opportunity to learn something new in the process, like metal thread, metallic thread embroidery, I never thought that I would be able to make anything like that with a home <laughs> machine, but it is possible. And there are tricks to it. And now that I have done it successfully, I know what the effect will be. I know what will happen if you do it wrong. I know what it should look like if you've done it right. And I can share that information with the next person who comes along who wants to make this iconic dress and also gives me an opportunity to document something that maybe has never been documented before that now that I'm going down this journey, this is how, what I did to get to where I am and sharing that information with my followers, my, you know, different people, whoever wants to hear, whoever wants to ask is, is very satisfying. Um, teaching is one of my life passions. Wow. I, I love that. Can't think of a better way to wrap up uh, this episode than that. Uh, I hear that quite a bit, but I, I like to hear each individual's uh, interpretation of that. You know, just the feeling that you get from creating, but also sharing that and wanting other people to get that same feeling, right? That's a pretty common theme said in a million different ways, but uh, <laughs> that that right there is, is what it's all about. And I think what makes this industry so different from so many others, sewing as a creative outlet is, um, is fairly unique. And because the, the things that are made are, are enduring by themselves, but not nearly as enduring as the feeling and the sharing that come with it. And so, yeah, I love hearing that from you. And it was really a pleasure to talk to you today and learn about you and your story and, and what makes you so. Thank you for being on with us. Thank you so much, Jason. So if, if our listeners would like to learn more about you, they can go to Seattle Cosplay, that's C-O-S-P-L-A-Y dot com, correct? That's right. And from there, they can learn all about uh, what you do, see your beautiful work, and maybe even figure out how to engage with you as a teacher, correct? Absolutely. That is That, that would be wonderful. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, Anna, thanks again, and forward to maybe seeing you on the road sometime. Definitely. Take care. Thank you for listening to Why So With Sulky. 
give us a rating or a review, and be sure to shop your favorite Sulky products, including threads, stabilizers, kits, and more at Sulky.com.